The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Hey sports fans, football season's here and it's time to get in on the action with my bookie. MyBookie is the industry-leading sports betting website that offers real Vegas odds on football, baseball, and all your favorite sporting events. You can take a side, the total, or even fantasy points props. MyBookie lets you bet online and win big. Did the game already kick off? Don't sweat it. MyBookie has in-game live betting on every major league and event, even esports. There's no better time to join MyBookie than today. Go to MyBookie to open an account and start winning. Use promo code CHAMPION when you register for your account and get a 100% sign-up bonus up to $1,000 on your first deposit. Bet today. Visit MyBookie's website or call 844-866-2387. That's 844-866-2387. Check them out today and use promo code CHAMPION for a 100% bonus. Terms and conditions apply for entertainment purposes only. Void where prohibited. Roar. First fight. Roar. Roar. That's what we do. I can't remember if we had a new theme for this or not. This is my first time back on First Bite for a while, too. It's been a uh, minute since I've been allowed to be back here in given circumstances. I am Chris Perfett, your adequate host for the Pride of Detroit PODcast. And First Bite, back again now for the preseason. I mean, for the regular season. We do these every week before the main games. We get this off to you. It previews it. But this one's a little more going to be a generalized podcast about for previewing Detroit Lions. We don't have a Jets guest today. We tried to get some guys from Gangrene Nation. Uh, schedules just didn't line up. But I am joined here by Ryan Matthews, the rock god. No drop this time. Drop is only for POD cast. And Jeremy Reisman, the fearless leader at uh, the fearless, fearless leader at Detroit Online. Ryan is at Ryan underscore P-O-D. I'm at Chris Perfett. All right, gentlemen, uh, before we begin, I feel like it would be a disservice not to jump out this midweek podcast by not talking about uh, some pretty earth-shaking news, I think, in that the Lions have waived defensive end Anthony Zettel and in his place have signed the former New York Giants Romeo Okwara, probably to play in probably about the same place. He recorded, I think... Uh, let's see here. During the preseason, Okwara, he produced about eight 
quarterback pressures, a sack, six hurries, and a hit. That is from PFF's grades. Uh, I think we should just go ahead, just dive right into it. What are we thinking on this? This is, for me, a bit of a head-scratcher. It's surprising, no doubt. I don't think it's necessarily a, a... I don't think it's really a move that moves a move that moves the needle very much when we're talking about, you know, whether this is going to hurt the hurt or help the lines in the long run, because I don't think Anthony Zettel, I mean, it's clear that Anthony Zettel was not going to be a big part of this defense if they just cut him. And you remember to the preseason, this is also a guy who's playing well into the fourth quarter. So I think the Lions had just kind of grown tired of Anthony Zettel. They, they didn't see any improvement of him. Bob Quinn knows him well, obviously drafted him a couple of years ago. And this is, I, I think the the basis of this move is, is scheme fit. Um, I talked to to Brett Whitefield about this guy for a couple days, actually behind the scenes. I've been texting him, and he told me like this is a guy that the Lions are going to go after, and he turned out to be absolutely right. Um, he's a versatile piece. He can drop into coverage, um, but he's primarily known as a pass rusher. Stats don't show it, and last year he was injured all of last year, um, except for the first five or six games. So. Um, you know, I'm not expecting this guy to come in and suddenly bring the Lions a pass rush, but I, I guess this, the more story here is them moving on for Anthony from Anthony Zettel, and that surprised a lot of people. Ryan, uh, he says, Jeremy says it doesn't move the needle, but I'm seeing a lot of people on Twitter who are reacting very kind of very confused and very and some in some cases very poorly to this move. What it, what's kind of your take on why people are reacting the way they are? Uh, you know what? I, I think that people are, um, I don't want to say they're well within reason to be, you know, losing their minds and um, acting like the skull, you know, the sky is falling necessarily. But, um, you know, I immediately got a text message from a couple of uh, buddies who said, you know, like, what are they doing? Like, why are they releasing Zettel? Um, and it's a fair question to ask, I think. Um, for me, I think it does a little bit more than than than, than what it's doing to Jeremy, because Zettel last year was probably the Lions' most productive pass rusher outside of Ansa, and I mean Ansa, just in terms of his his consistency wasn't nearly you know what we're accustomed to seeing from Ansa, and I guess accustomed to seeing is saying you know his 2015 season, but you know he's been plagued by injuries so much. Zettel, I guess, is kind of the same tune, like not not so much of a consistent guy, but he was at least a guy who. Um, I think what was just reliable in the sense that he was healthy. Um, he played, you know, 753 snaps last season. Uh, and he was a guy who did, um, you know, get six and a half sacks uh, a season ago. And, and, and he did get 31 hurries according to pro football focus. So like, this was a guy that was out there every Sunday lions fans saw him. They, maybe didn't always see him getting home to the quarterback because that was something that the Lions defense just couldn't do last year. And it, it's something that feasibly the Lions defense is going to struggle with doing this year. So I think that's where Lions fans are upset with this move is it's like, you know what? Our pass rush was so bad last year and it looks like it's going to be just as bad. Why are they getting rid of the guy who was the only one seemingly doing something last year? Yeah, and again, like just look at comments right now. We put out the news article, and immediately there's a lot of people who are saying, "What are they doing? What are they doing? The Lions are purposely failing." Uh, you know, kind of some doom and gloom out there right now, and that kind of dovetails into talking about the upcoming season as it is. Which, I mean, we've talked about it all over the off season. The question is always going to be on this defensive front seven. 
And I think Zettel is a curious case here because it does kind of put the 2016 draft, which Zettel was part of in a, I don't want to say a negative light, but it's very much so a light that the new coaching staff does not seem to enjoy. We've seen Ashawn Robinson lasting well into fourth quarters in preseason games, uh, up and down with other players. Anthony Zettel now gone. So I don't know, man. Taylor Decker, we'll have to see where he where he stands with this. But what is the state of the Lions moving into 2018? We've had a long offseason to figure this out. We've had some Ryan and I touched on the last POD cast, but what's the the final what's the final verdicts as we look at this team? I have my words, but we'll start with Ryan. Yeah. Yeah, I, I want to throw something into Jeremy actually, and I kind of want to comment on the the idea about the 2016 draft. Chris, because that's something that I think a lot of people are starting to um, voice their concerns about is is Quinn's drafts. And the second half of the 2016 draft isn't looking so great. Uh, I mean, you're talking about Miles Killebrew, who seems to have made the roster by the skin of his teeth. Uh, you got Joe Dahl, who, um, you know, basically did the same. Anthony Zettel's cut now. Jimmy Landis is cut. There's no Jake Rudock. Um, you know, the... Well, well, Ashawn. Okay, all right. Uh, yeah, making a huge impact on the practice squad. Uh, Ashawn Robinson, uh, who has clearly taken a step back. So, with with the 2016 class, um, for you, Jeremy, like, is it more? Is it an indictment on Quinn, or is it we the Lions have a new coaching staff and they need new player personnel? It's. I think it's definitely a, a mixture of both. Of both. Yeah. It's definitely a mixture of both. Um, you're not. Oh, I mean, it's not very common that you're you turn third day picks into starters in the first place. Um, you, you'd luck for them to hang around more than two years, but but that's something not, that Zettel did do last year, right? Sure, and and at this point, I wouldn't even consider the Zettel pick bad. Like he contributed in two years. That's something that a lot of six round picks don't do. Um, Dwayne Washington, Jimmy Landis, maybe not great picks, but whatever. I, I think that the beginning of drafts is, is where you really need to be concerned about. And right now I'm a little more concerned about how the 2017 draft is turning out than the 2016 draft. Okay. I I'm, I'm just, I'm up and down with it just because like, yeah, I Zettel was productive for two years, but doesn't really think about what's going in for the present right now. Right. So like, I, I guess, I guess the question is, is Aquara going to be an improvement and is, he going to be able to produce pretty much out of the gate because the advantage of Zettel was he knew the systems he had been working in the preseason. Of is going to have to get up to speed pretty damn quickly. Right. And, and I don't think he will. I think he'll, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see him inactive on Monday night. I mean, super new to the defense and granted, I think the Lions have kind of this affinity for giants guys. I mean, Devon Kennard came from the giants played with Aquara, kind of similar players too. So, uh, Maybe maybe the transition isn't quite as as bad as it would be for a normal player, but don't don't expect Aquara to come in here and, and get three sacks right out of the gate. But I want to pr- preach on Anthony Zettel. This guy had a half a sack in the final seven games of 2017. He's part of the reason why we're saying that the Lions' pass rush was so bad because obviously the Lions have Ezekiel on, so that's pretty good. Devon Kennard brings at least some optimism to the edge rushing position. But Anthony Zettel and Kerry Hyder were kind of part of the problems. I mean, they're fan favorites because they're these great stories of late round or, or undrafted guys. But 
I don't think that's why people are going for like it. And it's compounding to another thing in the roster is that there are six wide receivers, very few defensive options that could have been waived in place of Zettle. I, I, I understand that criticism more than I do support of, of Zettle, but at the same time, like Bradley Marquez is going to be active. He's going to be a special teams guy and people are just going to have to come to terms with that. Maybe they don't like a roster spot being used just for special teams like that. But it, I mean, this is what Bob Quinn has been doing for years now. So if you're not used to it by now, then I don't know what to tell you. Well, I mean, this is the carrot to transition us. Now we're 10 minutes and we need to keep getting away from Aquara now to transition this into looking at the full season itself, as we will continue in the next segment as well. But this has been in my mind in, in my vision, as I watch fans kind of react to this, this has slowly been the summer that has started on the side of fans being, I don't want to say excited because I think Patricia thing was very much so uh, anticipated, but very much so kind of one that is slowly went from being a fever pitch of insight of excitement to one where more questions than answers seem to reign. We've seen that a lot in not only just the preseason, but how the team handled accusations of, of Matt Patricia's past sexual assault indictments of other news over the off season trades, uh, draft draft selections, which I mean, I think we all we all appreciate Ragnow and Carry On Johnson. I don't know where the grades really landed some of the later rounds, but I do know that uh, I don't know. I don't. I don't. I'm not feeling that. I'm not feeling that. And then yeah, the pre we came to the preseason where the Lions have l- really struggled to show at least show openly what they are, and I think a lot of people are now looking more and more to Monday night to see what that answer is. So what, what's, what's, your, what's your view of the Lions coming into the season then? Well, I certainly think the, the preseason took the wind out of the sails for sure with this fan base. I don't think I've seen this fan base this pessimistic going into a season in, in quite some time, especially when you consider they're coming off of two nine and seven seasons. And I'm, if I'm being done by another coach. Sure. And if I'm being completely honest, I'm kind of right there with them. And it's not necessarily an indictment of Matt Patricia or, or, or Bob Quinn. I think, I think Kentley Platty said it best in one of his articles with us this, this week. He said, I love the direction of this team is going. I hate where they're at right now. And I kind of feel that way. Like, I feel like the, I, I'm, I'm kind of buying into the narrative that this just needs time and it'll eventually work itself out, but it's going to be a rough go this year. And especially in the first month or two. And it wouldn't even shock me to see the Lions drop this first game against a Jets team that isn't very good. Ryan, when Matt Patricia came in, we were told by Bob Quinn that they were not happy with nine and seven. So given, given that, is that, is that perhaps painting expectations of this Lions team right now? they're just not going to be able to practice what they preach. Like I, I don't see any way how how this team can end up going nine and seven or better. And it, it, it's not so much just the lack of success in the preseason, because that means little to nothing to me. Um, It's just how the team looked and the roster moves that they're making. Like the, 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 the roster imbalance when it comes to, you know, the, the, the skill position players. And I understand that like, you know, we're a little bit more accustomed to, um, you know, defensive backs being uh, the guys who are playing on special teams and not wide receivers. 
Um, it, it just so many things are different this season that it's it's hard to see how the Lions can make a smooth transition from where they're at a year ago, nine and seven, no Aaron Rodgers in the division. Uh, the Vikings are without their you know their running backs, and um, you know they they have you know Case Keenum and Sam Bradford sharing time, like. Everybody in the NFC North has made these huge upgrades, and the Lions are like bringing on guys who haven't done much in in, in other places. Like even Devon Kennard, like I mean, he was he was a like above average player, and he's a substitute for to year you know Tyre Whitehead, who was a really good run defender last year. It, I just need to see more of it before I can believe in it, and. I mean, I, I guess I, I'm almost in agreement with Jeremy at this point. Like, I can almost see the Lions dropping the first game to the Jets. And, I like, if the Lions lose to the Jets, like, you can totally wipe out, like, 9-7 and seven off the table. Like, that's just – that's a pipe dream. I think a lot of fan goodwill also gets wiped out. Again, people are hesitant, but if the Monday night football game goes well for the Lions, I think that does reassure fans. But right now, they are pretty much – teetering so we'll have to see let's take a quick break here though when we come back i want to continue this line of thought i want to continue some more thoughts on the season itself and then the third segment we're going to preview the jets the j-e-t-s jets 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 mother what what do you want jets Hey, sports fans, football season's here, and it's time to get in on the action with MyBookie. MyBookie is the industry-leading sports betting website that offers real Vegas odds on football, baseball, and all your favorite sporting events. You can take a side, the total, or even fantasy points props. MyBookie lets you bet online and win big. Did the game already kick off? Don't sweat it. MyBookie has in-game live betting on every major league and event even esports. There's no better time to join MyBookie than today. Go to MyBookie to open an account and start winning. Use promo code CHAMPION when you register for your account and get a 100% sign-up bonus up to $1,000 on your first deposit. Bet today. Visit MyBookie's website or call 844-866-2387. That's 844-866-2387. Check them out today and use promo code CHAMPION for a 100% bonus. Terms and conditions apply for entertainment purposes only. Void where prohibited. Pride of Detroit, first bite rolling along here. We kind of got cut off there. We had to take our break. I think Ryan was about to say something. So why don't we continue on? Because we, we, we didn't have as much time as I'd like there to talk about the Lions itself. And I want to eventually point out probably like things we feel most confident about, least confident about. But go ahead, Ryan. What what were you going to say? So going back to the idea of when, when Bob Quinn decided to move on from Jim Caldwell, you know, nine and seven, not being um, where he thought that this team should be, that they should be better than nine and seven after, you know, back to back seasons of it. I think the thing that was the most troubling was in Patricia's uh, press conference that was, um, you know, after the uh, the Thursday night game against the Browns in week season pre four or in in preseason week four, when he talks about how you know it's not going to be a sprint, it's not going to take place overnight. This is something that's going to take a long time to do. You know, uh, we're we're changing things in a way so that we can make this a more sustainable thing. Like like blah 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 blah. Read between the lines. Be patient. And 
I don't think that when the general manager gets rid of a guy who went nine and seven and says that nine and seven isn't good enough, and now you have the head coach who handpicks his uh, or the the general manager who handpicks his head coach say that Lions fans need to be patient and that which translates to maybe we might not be nine and seven this year. We might even take a step back, but just wait till next year or, you know, down the road because this isn't a sprint. It's a marathon. That's troubling. I I just, I, yeah, I want to talk about this point a lot because it's, it's one that I'm personally grappling with. I'm not entirely sure if I buy into that or not, because I, I do believe that if you are building a dynasty, all of the Patriots, that it does take time. It's not something that's built overnight and it's something that does require patience but I think part of the frustration on Lions fans is that you see a team like the Bears that were not very good last year. They're going all the way in this offseason. They are going hard. They're going, you know, bold moves everywhere. And and maybe that works out for them. Maybe, maybe they make a splash this year. Maybe they make a splash next year. Or maybe it puts them back. Maybe spending all this money on Khalil Mack is going to bite them like it bit the Dolphins in the long run. Once Mitchell Trubisky is out of his rookie contract, maybe that franchise is in trouble in the long run. So I, I kind of look at both teams and very different approaches to this offseason. And I don't know which one's going to work out better, but I do understand Lions fans' frustration looking at a team like the Bears being super aggressive. And, and it's exciting for the fans to see them go all in on guys like this and be bold and make risky moves while the Lions are just kind of adding all this scheme talent, these guys that fit the scheme but haven't really done much. And I don't know. I don't know if I have the answer, and I don't know if I buy into Bob Quinn, and I don't know if I buy into Matt Patricia, but I think it's an interesting debate to have, and, and right now I'm just kind of stuck it in the It compounds it too, doesn't it, though, in that the fact that Matt, Matt Stafford, he signed that mega, that mega extension not, to, not because of any kind of development or that you know he, he would eventually – you know, be here for a three-year plan, but that he was in his prime right now. Right, and that that also plays into it. Yeah, how how long can we wait for Matthew with Matthew Stafford? That's a very important point, I think, to bring up. And I think that's something that a lot of, a lot of Lions fans are seeing right there. They're like, "This is Matt Stafford in his prime. We we can't take another two three-year rebuild." And and there's a point to be made there. And I agree, but I don't know. I, I think Matthew Stafford's going to be around for six or seven more at least. So I'm not too concerned about his window closing in the, in the immediacy, but um, I get, I get that concern for sure. Yeah. So I'm just, I'm just trying to paint the picture here in that you have an organization. It's a very weird picture, isn't it? You've got a quarterback who's in the top 10 of the league who is entering. He is in or has been entering his prime you have an organization that moved on from a coach who, I mean, we can say it all we want. Jim Caldwell had one of the best records of a Lions head coach in the past 60 years. And they want to they want to go to the playoffs, but it is with a rookie head coach who has, who has no prior head coaching experience whatsoever, let alone the, the NFL level with schemes that with you know picking up a bunch of scheme guys and not making any big splashes with appreciable weaknesses at defense i think it i think it is right to set a lot of lions fans kind of neurotic a little bit trying to figure out what's going to happen yeah i i want to say too that like i agree with jeremy's point like dynasties aren't built overnight right and i mean on a macro level yeah like when you when you're assessing how teams are built um they're built like in the 
uh, it might, I don't, I, I, I truly don't think it's a flash in the pan, but if you look at the Rams last season, right, they, they have their quarterback under a rookie deal. Um, they can spend all this money on getting Sue and making trades and getting a keep to leave and, you know, doing all these things. And same thing with the bears. Okay. They have a rookie, they have a rookie quarterback under a contract. Like this is just the new way of doing mm-hmm. things in the NFL. But when you look at that lion's window, when you look at the fact that they're all in on Matthew Stafford and how Chris has said, Matthew Stafford has been or is entering his prime now. He's on this mega deal. It, it, it's a ton of money. Like you have to figure out a way to like maximize what's going on around him. And maybe that is getting these scheme guys. But you would just hope that you, you we would have a little bit more to go off of. Like, you know, uh, the guy that the Lions got today from the Giants, who I his last yep. name, Aquara. Aquara, yeah. I think I'm saying that right. And I I mean, to his credit, I've heard of Romeo Aquara before. But unfortunately, yeah, I've all, I also know that he spent most of 2017 on the injured reserve as well. And injuries happen, and I understand that. Um, it's just that you look at you look at his numbers you look at and and it's not just looking at sack totals or tackle totals but like looking at like just is like lack of like productivity and 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 maybe it's a system thing but you would just hope that there's a little bit more tangible evidence to to show that like he's a guy who will come here and be a contributor and and you would just hope that the look look at his pff grades they're not good. Uh, they actually are. If you go in, I, I think they went in and regraded them or whatever, but he, I, I'm not sure if we're supposed to really say PFF grades in the past, but 83.0 in 2016 when he uh, basically came in for JPP who was injured. That's pretty good. Mm. And 76.9, yeah. pre- he had a very good preseason. I know preseason, preseason, blah, 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 whatever. It doesn't count. doesn't matter. But there, there are flashes there. I'm not saying he's coming in, he's going to be a starter right away, or he's going to get 10 sacks this year. I don't, I don't think any of that's going to happen. I wouldn't even be surprised if he's eventually off the roster this year, but there are flashes there. And I think the fit is better. And that's, that's the part that doesn't show up on the stat sheet, right? Is that, I mean, that, that, that's kind of the problem though. And then again, like there's been no talent drafted on that front seven in uh, top talent drafted in a while now. And now we're talking about a guy to line up in, in, in new, in a new scheme again, opposite Ezekiel Ansah, who is, might not be on this roster next year either, just because of, you know, how they've been handling his deal. And I don't think that it reassures fans when, when Jeremy, you might say something like he might, Okwara might not be on the roster by the end of the season. Like there, there's, there's a cognitive distance because the idea is that if you have a good player like that, you keep him. Right. And sorry, I just want to go back and, and correct myself since PFF is all new and I don't understand their interface sometimes. I was like 83, not as important now or what? That was his preseason grade in 2016. I don't know why that's oh, not there, okay. but yeah, he was actually his, his, his regular grade is fifty three point seven. Okay, okay, so that makes a little more worse. sense here. Uh, but <laughs> pretty bad, as yes, I said. Yeah, my bad. Uh, but just still, I, I I think it's worth pointing out that there. I mean, he he's also a guy that the line saw up close this year, right? Joint practices, preseason game. Yeah, sure. He had a sack against uh, Matt Castle going up against. Corey Robinson also worth noting Corey Robinson, not on the team, but uh, I, I just, I mean, this isn't a move I'm ecstatic about. This is a move that I understand why people are frustrated about, but scheme change. Like I know that's an easy out for some people, but you're looking for guys who fit your system, who fit this dynasty that you're trying to build. And it's clear that Bob Quinn and Matt Patricia didn't think that Anthony Zettel was that guy. 
All right. Well, let's move on to what I think is uh, let's. You know what? Let me just do this way. I'll go around the table with some questions I have here. Ryan, what is the the main strength of this Lions roster going into 2018, and what is also its its greatest weakness? I, I think without without a doubt, and I don't even want to say the offense as a whole. Like the Lions' strength is Matthew Stafford. Like that is their strength. Um, and I say that because for the same reason, I can't say that I can uh, tangibly like I can't believe in the defense because there isn't much tangibility to what's going on with the defense. Or um, I, I can't say the same thing for the you know offense as a whole, because, well, the offensive line, we haven't seen it like as a unit before. I, we barely got to see it last year. And, and now the Lions have a new piece in rag now. And sure, things look on the up and up, but maybe TJ Lang isn't as healthy as he, you know, may let on to be that he's going to actually play from the jump. Um, if all of a sudden now the Lions are behind the eight ball and they're missing a guard, well, now we're back to square one where it's okay, great. You know, the Lions have this idealistic, you know, offensive line, but they all can't stay healthy and then things are thrown out the window. So, like, truly, I think the Lions' strength totally is Matthew Stafford and it. It, it's it's bothersome that it's one player, but at the same time, I feel like Matthew Stafford has been the strength of this team for uh, uh you know, for quite some time. So that's that's where I see the strength in, in this team. And the weakness you you kind of alluded to the defense there. Yeah, I mean the the, the front seven is just no good. It's I mean, I, I totally buy in uh, on the idea that, you know, uh, while Tyre Whitehead was a really good player, Devon Kennard is a better scheme fit. Um, Aquara is a better scheme fit than Zettel. Sure, like all these things make sense, like Zettel can't play in space as well as Aquara can. And Devin Kennard has more you know versatility than Whitehead. He's just a bigger linebacker. Christian Jones, all of these things like sound good on paper and, and they make sense. Um, until you see them play and the preseason, it just, it, it didn't look good. It didn't look good at all. So Jeremy, we're looking, we're looking at an NFL, I mean, an NFC North that I think, I don't know if you agree with this statement, but I, as I look at the NFC North, I see a lot of teams that are, that are working to, to base their identities on defense and the lions right now, their identity is absolutely as Ryan alluded to. It's quarterback first. It's offense first. The offense is what's going to move the is what's going to move the needle for the Detroit Lions this year. Uh, is that a, is that a survivable strategy for the Lions looking at 2018, given what the NFC North is right now? Uh, probably not. I, I think their long term strategy is to be a more balanced team offensively and defensively, but it's not going to happen this year because I, I feel like the Lions have been in a similar predicament that the Packers have been recently, whereas they have a really good quarterback, and as a result, they have a very competitive team that's always in the mix, but with a bad defense, you know, bad defensive secondary, not so great linebackers, and, and just kind of a so-so defensive line, Packers haven't been able to get Aaron Rodgers more than one Super Bowl. And so the Lions are dealing with that similar kind of issue, except Matthew Stafford isn't quite as good as Aaron Rodgers, um, and so their ceiling without a good defense is more like wildcard appearance instead of NFC championship appearance. 
so yeah, they're they're going to need to improve their defense. Um, their offense is going to have to be superb against some amazing pass rushers in this division now, and I don't think that's going to be enough to carry them necessarily. To I, I mean, I don't I don't think anyone here thinks the Lions are going to win the division in NFC North. Are you saying Aaron Rodgers is better than Stafford? How dare you? Aaron Rodgers, a crybaby. He's a quitter on his team. He whines. He whines. He whines. I would not draft him no matter what year I have him in. Yeah, no. Let's, <laughs> let's stop with the. I, I get not liking Aaron Rodgers because of his personality, but the dude... You don't need to go on a rant. You don't. That, that's one of those moments where you don't need to say anything else. Just, just to leave it there. <laughs> all right. I'm, I'm not going to pre. I want to preempt our article a little bit. We all, everyone on the POD staff is going to have season predictions, but we've talked a lot about the Lions themselves in the NFC North. But what is kind of your final outlook of this season right now that can be saved and used against you at a later time? It can be a it can be a record prediction. It can be an out of conference like games you're worried about out of conference, whatever have you. Jeremy, you start us off. I I hate to take the words from Kentley Platty's mouth again, but he, I think he put it really well today, just a couple hours ago, where he says this might not be a rebuilding year for the entire team, but this is going to be a rebuilding year for the defense. And as a result, I think this team is is going to kind of linger around mediocrity again and it's gonna be frustrating for some people but you know i i understand it i understand the long-term game i'm i'm hopeful that you know this team eventually turns it around i hope i hope out of this year what i see is progress on defense because last year we saw the opposite right we saw the defense come out strong and then once uh went down everything kind of collapsed the lines clapped on the stretch i want to see the opposite this year I understand that there's going to be bumps and bruises at the beginning of the year. I want to see this defense in a place where it looks competitive towards in November, in December. And uh, I think we'll hopefully get, get a flash or two of that, but I don't expect it to be enough to, to save the season. Ryan, your thoughts real quick. And I think I've said it before, but this team is just a lot closer to six and 10 than it is 10 and six. And it's not, it's not totally an indictment on, the defense, but it's just kind of like, you know, taking a, taking a quick look at the NFC North and the level of competition has just raised within their own division that I think that the NFC North is easily, uh, is easily the most competitive division that there is in football. When you factor in Aaron Rodgers, who's just like a walking 10 and six baseline, the Vikings who are prime, you know, they were, you know, right there in the thick of it NFC championship last year. And now they've upgraded in multiple ways and the bears have made a bunch of moves too. So the, the lions are just there. Once again, they're, they're just in a really tough predicament and due to some, you know, some exterior circumstances that are really beyond their control. Like, you know, other teams have gotten a lot better. It's not, it's not fair that the bears fleece the Raiders. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's good. Let's take a quick break here, and when we come back, we're going to bring in the home stretch. Talk about the Jets, the New York Jets, as the Lions open up on Monday Night Football. I don't have the song this time because, as we've learned, like doing oh Monday Night just doesn't work. So stick around. We'll be right back.
Pride of Detroit first bite. It's the thing you know and love in the middle of the week as you love it. Let's talk about the Jets, folks. Let's talk about the New York Jets. Right now, I am seeing that the spread consensus pick right now is Detroit minus six and a half at home, a half point away from a touchdown in their favor. The Jets, for themselves, are starting a rookie quarterback from USC fight on Sam Darnold. And this one surprised me, and I'm very bummed we did not get a Jets guest on because I have questions. Now, granted, I didn't get to see the 2016 season that Sam Darnold had where he lit the world on fire and everyone was amazed on how he basically salvaged a USC season and ended up taking them to win the Rose Bowl. However, (laughs) and this is a big however, I saw him in 2017 and I did not like what I see. However, again, people say he is incredibly, looks incredibly good because of the preseason. People say he's very well improved. I don't know what to make of it. So is anyone else who's a little more versed on the Darnold able to spread some light out for me? Well, I don't know if I can really spread. I I can't say I've watched a ton of Sam Darnold on tape, but here's what I can tell you. Connor Cook tore up this Lions defense in the preseason. Every Browns quarterback tore up this Lions defense in the preseason. Every Bucks quarterback tore up this Lions defense in the preseason. And we're talking first string Lions defense in, in the case of the Buccaneers. And so all I can picture, and it it's a crude comparison, I know, but all I can picture is the last time the Lions faced a, a, a rookie quarterback in week one of the regular season. And that was 2008 when they faced Matt Ryan and his first pass was a 55 yard touchdown or whatever. And I'm already fast forwarding to next week and I'm already seeing ESPN fawning over Sam Darnold, calling him the best quarterback that we've seen in the NFL at this young of age ever play. And like completely taking out of the context that the Lions defense is going to be trash on Monday. I'm sorry. It's going to be trash. We're in for a shootout. Uh, I'm not saying Sam Darnold is, is going to light the world on fire. Hopefully he hasn't done the research on Darius Slay and, and tries to throw it in for some reason, but I'm just, I'm concerned. Like I'm concerned that the Lions are going to make a rookie quarterback look really good just because I mean, every sign points to this defense coming out of the gate, struggling quite a bit. Ryan, how much do you know on Sam Darnold? Uh, I mean, I know enough that I'm personally going to take the over in this, uh, in this game. Like, I mean, he's I, I think he's looked pretty good. Like he he's exceeded my expectations in the preseason. He was the quarterback that I was probably like the lowest on when it came to um, when it came to draft grades. I I definitely had I had Rosen ahead of him. Um, I liked Baker ahead of him. I liked Lamar Jackson over him. Like I, I, I the only guy that I, I didn't believe in was Josh Allen. And, and we see how that's going in Buffalo. But, um, you know, I, I was rather low on Darnold and the Jets were all in on him. Um, we'll see. I, I, the, the, the Jets' big problem last year was that um, they just couldn't protect the quarterback. Like they allowed 47 sacks last year and that was the seventh most in the NFL. And the, you know, the, the Lions, Lions fans are pretty familiar with that. Like the Lions really struggled, you know, protecting Matthew Stafford last season. But um, they, they made some moves. Um, we'll, we'll see if we'll see if they can keep uh, keep Darnold clean and and healthy. It shouldn't be a problem against the Lions, though. 
We'll have to see. I mean, outside of Darnold, it was a very defensive heavy draft for them. They're round three. They didn't have a round two pick, but like round three was defensive ta- tackle Nathan Shepard. Then they took a tight end. Then, you know, late rounds was a cornerback, a D lineman and a running back. Uh, I'm not seeing too many offseason additions they made for the offensive line, though. So we will have to see how that works out. Is there any other weaknesses they have? Well, I, they did add Spencer Long in the center. Um who's, you know, trying to replace Nick Mangold from two years ago. Uh, I, I I just don't think, on paper, like, I, I know I just talked up Sam Darnold a whole bunch and the Lions defense sucking all that, but in reality, this isn't that good of a Jets offense. They don't have a lot of great weapons. Robbie Anderson, Jermaine Curse, and Terrell Pryor are their top three wide receivers. That doesn't scare me all that much, even with Nevin Lawson out there. Uh and and I think they're kind of going to try to protect Sam Darnold in a way that they're going to try to run the ball and establish the run. And that's something that I don't know what to expect out of the Lions defense. They were kind of up and down this preseason. Some moments they looked really, really good. I thought they looked good against the Giants in the first half defending the run, but they also looked really, really bad at times. So uh, I, I just, I don't really know how to expect that, that specific uh, matchup to play out. And I think it could be key for when the Lions defense is out there on the field. For the Lions themselves, what are the keys that you expecting the Lions to do to win this game? I- I'm really looking for the Lions to probably, <laughs> do you got your keys, Chris? Keys. Uh, let me, let me, no, uh, yep. Yep. Right there. You have, you have a key right there. And I think that key is to establish the run game. I, I, re- yeah. I really, I really, think, I mean, here's here's my expectation. I mean, you want a bold prediction about this game? Like, is is he mo- is he the most is he the player everyone wants to see? Is it Carry On Johnson? Just everyone just really wants to see. You know, we we had that uh, we had that poll, we had the article that we um, we ran earlier in the week about you know who would be the Lions' uh, offensive MVP, and the last time I checked it, obviously Stafford was far and away like the number one choice, but like the next, like number two was carry on Johnson, which is kind of surprising because a, he's a rookie. Um, and B you have other guys on the team, like Marvin Jones jr. And golden Tate. So I, I, people are really excited about this guy. And I'm Jeremy. Do you, do you think that the lion, I'm, will you go on record and say that the lions might have their first hundred yard rusher in? Five seasons? Well, yeah, because today's question of the day, or Wednesday's question of the day, was uh, how many games will the Lions have a 100-yard rusher? And I'm on record now with saying two. Two games this year that'll happen. I don't think one is going to be on Monday, though, because the the Jets' defensive line is actually pretty good, especially in the interior. Um, The one place where they actually, they're kind of struggling in the same way the Lions are in terms of getting an edge rusher, though. And that should be very good news for the Lions because just watching an entire game where Matthew Stafford can go from first to fourth quarter, only getting knocked down once or twice, that would be really nice. I don't think I've seen that in a while. And I think that has that chance of happening in this game. And if that's the case, I expect Stafford to pick this defense apart. And that's kind of what I expect to happen, even though the even though the Jets added a couple of good guys in the uh, defensive backfield with Morris Claiborne and Tremaine Johnson. All right, might as well get into final predictions, things we think we know will happen in this game. We do not give you scores, but we will tell you what is going to happen. Ryan, what do you think? I said it earlier, and I want to say it again because I want people to just recognize and realize what, what's going to happen on Monday. Um, well, first of all, there's going to be no John Gruden because he's the head coach of an NFL team. So keep that yes. in mind. Yes! Woo! 
yeah and isn't that a load of fun um i feel so bad for for raiders fans like in a way um nope. but but they, right now they the help, o- they help the bears we don't feel bad for them at all <laughs> the the over under for this game is 45 I'm I'm putting my checking account on the over. There's no way, no way this game is under 45 points. Don't believe it. Can't happen. This game's going to be a shootout. The winner is the first one to get the the winner the winner of this game will score over 30 points. No doubt in my mind. Jeremy, what's the thing you think you know? That was kind of mine. He stole mine, so I'm going to just go with I think I know that ESPN is going to show that shitty graphic about the Lions running game and a car falling apart. Motor City, baby. It's always a good one to have. I think that's a does it for us us right here. We got this done pretty quick. We're getting back in the groove of things. Yeah, yeah. First bite. Thank you for listening. Make sure to subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, or Spreaker. Get your podcast. Get your POD cast along with First Bite. Thank you all. Have fun. See you Starside. Bite. Thank you all. Have fun. See you, Starside. Hello, I'm Spencer Hall from SB Nation, and I want to tell you about my new show, It Seemed Smart. It Seemed Smart is a show about people doing things that, for some reason or another, seemed smart at the time. Those things might include doing a little cocaine and driving a bike up a mountain, or I don't know. Maybe racing 100 miles per hour across the country in the middle of the night with no one's permission. Or even stealing a bat from an umpire's room in a Major League Baseball park. Check it out, and if you like it, tell a friend. I'm Spencer Hall. Don't do anything smart. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a PropGPod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the PropGPod wherever you get your podcasts.